0: Or someone you love obsessed over the Habs and they aren't even a fan of the team? Is your social media filled with old jokes and pathetic attempts at trolling? Then you have HOD, Habs Obsessive Disorder. From the makers of Bergie Arms comes 3-to-1. 3-to-1 is specially formulated to cause a temporary choking sensation which will remind you that your team hasn't won a playoff series since the invention of HD television. Side effects may include a desire to shave your head and grow a goatee, a lack of fashion sense, an uncontrollable urge to say, but Tavares was hurt, pretending every head coach this century doesn't call your team soft, an uncontrollable urge to choke in the playoffs, and a realization that your ability to have an inferiority complex while simultaneously being obnoxious while never winning is why you're found undesirable. Ask your doctor if three to one is right for you. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered episode 233. I'm your host Blaine Putney. I'm joined now by my co-host Matt Smith. Good morning. And special guest Lyle Richardson aka Specter's Hockey, our favorite resident of PEI. How you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, guys. Thanks for having me back again.
0: Oh, you're you are uh, our favorite recurring guest.
1: <laughs> I'm your only recurring guest.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, potato no. potato. we're we're glad that we got about three quarters of you we know that you had to leave one of your arms behind
1: (laughs) yes yes i I had tendon surgery on my on my right hand uh about a week ago so i gotta suffer through this stupid cast until monday and that comes off and then hopefully it's just a bandage after that but anyway hopefully hopefully
0: yeah you you don't want it to get worse because you know you're too you're too important to us (laughs)
1: <laughs> Bless you for that. Yes. I, 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 I'm, yeah. I, I have other people that I'm more important to right now. I kind of rely on this. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, for today's episode, we're going to, uh, today the Canadians are playing a matinee game because it's Super Bowl weekend.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but we wanted to quickly get you on so we can talk a little bit about the coaching changes and the trade deadline coming up. The rumors are flying, and you are the resident rumor man. So um, we'll just jump right in and mm-hmm. ask you what you think of the coaching change the Canadians had pulled off this week.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, when I, when I first heard it, I mean, we, and you and I briefly discussed that on, uh, on Twitter uh, when, the, when the news first emerged that, that, you know, Martin Saint-Louis looked like he was going to be uh, the, the Habs' new head coach. And at the time, I mean, I, I was dead set against it. I thought that, you know, to me, it just seemed like a stunt you know what I mean? More than, more than anything else. It was like, wait a minute, this, this is a team right now that that's really hurting. And, and, you know, the veterans had tuned out Dominic Ducharme, whether, whether, whether anybody thinks he was, you know, that what they might think of him. I mean, I think we can all acknowledge, first of all, that yes, Ducharme came in under, you know, very unusual circumstances, did the best he could. Yes. He got the halves to the Stanley cup final, but that was also largely on the back of, of players like, Kerry Price and and Shea Weber, Um, you know, without those two leaders in the room, um, it just seemed like for this season, the other veterans uh, just kind of tuned him out and and the younger players either they weren't getting used in proper roles or they were just getting discouraged. You, You could just see it. This was a team that, yes, they had a lot of injuries to deal with. Yeah, COVID walloped them hard as well, but the compete level just wasn't there. And if you follow the Canadians, you know, throughout their history, I mean, it just, just go back over like the last two seasons when they missed the playoffs in 2018 and 2019. Yeah. They weren't a good, particularly good team then, but you could tell they were trying, you know, yeah. you could tell they were taking those losses really hard because they were really trying to get into the playoffs. You know, they never gave up hope and they kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. The compete level was there. It's just not there. And it hasn't been there for a while, and. I mean, yeah, I know that a lot of that is, is due to the absence of, of, of leaders and skilled players like Price, like Weber, like Philip Denno, um, you know, uh, Corey Perry, who was another invaluable voice in that room for the brief period, he was there and on and on. But it was just it was just lacking. You could just see it. And you know, when when uh, you, you could tell that this team needed a coaching change, even though yes, their season is lost, yeah, if you bring in a coach, a new coach at this stage, he might marginally improve them. And yeah, it could hurt their odds to win the number one pick and blah, blah, blah. But you can't leave a team with that kind of toxic atmosphere. You know, you can't have that go on and on and on to the end of the season, because that, if you're the general manager, if you're, a you know, Ken Hughes, the general manager and Jeff Gordon, you know, the also co-GM, let's call it what it is. Yeah um you you've got a big enough job as it is to rebuild this team and it's going to be a rebuild let's just get it out of the way now there's not going to be a retool it's not going to be tinkering you know we don't know if Kerry Price is going to be back next season and if he is is he going to be the Kerry Price of old we don't know okay there are going to be some veterans that are here now who are definitely not going to be on this team when next season rolls around thinking of mike hoffman okay um uh uh, jeff Petrie, you know yeah yeah, okay now he's got family issues and i can certainly understand that you know with his family not being in montreal and everything I, i get that but still you you expect better from a team leader and he's obviously the guy who was the most you know just did not like Ducharme. um you Did know, you feel would, his
0: comments uh, after Ducharme's firing were kind of a shot across the bow?
1: Oh, yeah. Of course they were. Of course yeah. they were. Of course they were. Um, it's going to be difficult to move him, but apparently there is a market. But if you move him, it's probably going to be an offseason thing. And maybe you retain some salary. Who knows what's going to shake out. But the bottom line is there's going to be changes there on that roster. But you still would be left over with a poisonous atmosphere. And you've got to give these players something to hang on to for, for next season. All right. They're feeling bad enough as it is. They, they need something to hang on to. So I was expecting a, a more experienced coach, you know, I'm not saying somebody like Alain Vignon, I'm not saying, oh, you got to recycle, coach, you recycle, coach. That's not what we're talking about here. It was but, his know, turn in the cycle. <laughs> yes, it was under the, uh, yeah, under former Habs coach Bingo, you know, with uh, Jean Perron being next on the list. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, but, but they need, I felt they needed somebody with some coaching experience to come in there and give them a fresh view and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So they hire somebody with zero coaching experience other than his, his peewee, his son's peewee team to come in a hall of famer. Yes. A guy who's well-respected in the room during his playing days. Yes. But no coaching experience. Who's going to have to rely heavily on the coaching staff that's there as he gets his sea legs as it were. And, you know, gets used to the job. Yet, yeah, you know, yes, it's only he's listed only as in Yeah, there's no guarantee he'll be back next year. But again, it just seemed to me like a stunt. But then the I slept on it. And the more I thought about it, it was like, well, okay, what's the, the you know, we know what the worst case scenario would be. The team doesn't improve. He turns out to have no clue as a the coach. There's just not ready. And that's that, but it's only for two months. Really, it is two, two and a half months. Season's over the end of April, so two and a half months. You don't bring him back. He just buys you some time until you go and find a new place, you know, somebody else. He's basically a placeholder, okay? Bad enough, but maybe he can improve the atmosphere in the room a bit. The upside, um, not expecting a big, massive turnaround, and they stage a miraculous run for the playoffs. That's not happening, you know, but the upside is he improves – the mood in the room improves. The attitude he actually shows that hey, he has a handle on 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 this. He you know he truly is able to take what he learned as a leader as a player and can successfully translate that into coaching. And you know that could be something to build on going into the off season. Um, oh, it might marginally improve them. That oh, okay, maybe they might finish third over you know third worst, and maybe that would hurt their odds at getting. The number one pick well listen you're going to get it you're going to get a good pick anyway and if you're pinning all your hopes on winning this draft as being your hosanna messiah moment that's going to save you you are in worse shape than you really think you are so you know put all of that aside the upside is yeah he improves the mood in the room he can evaluate these guys talk it over with hughes and gorton and say these are the guys i think are worth keeping These are the guys I think we need to get out of here. And then you, now you've got a template to work on for the off season as you begin the rebuild for real. So best case scenario. Yeah. Is, is that the worst case? It doesn't really change anything. They still finish dead last, but you know, Hey, maybe the mood improves a little bit in the room.
0: And that's, that's kind of what I was thinking after I thought about it a little bit longer Mm -hmm. that he's kind of going to be there as an extra set of eyes and ears in the room for, for, uh, can't Yeah. But another little side piece is that I think maybe this is a way of trying to get Harris to want to sign because mm-hmm. he knows Kent Hughes, who coached him, yeah. uh, plays with his sons. He knows Marty St. Louis because <laughs> he plays yeah. with Marty's son. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that familiarity and you improve the room, you're given, opportunities to young guys and i think yeah. that's also a big reason you want your young guys to develop in a better atmosphere you well, don't to... caulfield
1: certainly responded well yeah you know i mean saint louis was his hero you know growing up but you know as he said he wore number 26 in honor of of, of martin saint louis so you know right off the bat you saw that he was the most immediate improvement we saw you know i mean yeah. he you know, finally scored his first goal since what december November. November. yeah Okay. November. And you almost, and would have had another one if Toffoli hadn't stepped offside. So, you know, right off the bat, that the change in his game was very apparent. So good sign going forward. Habs fans, let's hope so, you know, um, for, for Saint Louis' sake. And for a lot of those players who are going to be with the Canadians after this season, let's hope so, because I think we can agree. They're a better team than what we've seen this year, oh, yeah. but how much better? Well... Marginally. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, the, just the effort level that we saw against the Capitals in that first game. The, yes, they, they were disorganized, especially at the start. Yep. But the second and third periods, we saw uh, a team that gave that effort that you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. Yes, they made some mistakes. Uh, they gave up a couple of goals. I'm going to lay that quite a bit on goaltending. Yeah. But... The team was putting in that effort. And even if you lose, if you're putting in that effort, the fans will want to watch. It's not going to be painful to do so. And you're going to help improve your younger players while you do that. Yeah. My only hope is they find a way to get a goaltender to send Primo back down because he, he is just not ready.
1: Yeah. They, they, they've got to, you know, bring McNiven up for God's sake, even if he's not going to be in your future plans send Primo back down, bring McNiven up. If you have to do something, that poor kid is just his confidence is the one that I worry about the most. I'm not worried that much about Caulfield. I know he'll bounce back. You know, I'm not worried about Romanoff. I mean, Romanoff's been one of the few bright spots in an otherwise just excuse my language, shitty season for the Habs. Um, So I'm not worried about him, but Primo, he's supposed to be your goalie of the future. And right now that future is not looking good. So I don't
0: think he would be playing if it wasn't for all of the injuries. No. I mean, even yeah, exactly. McNeven is out day to day right now.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, well, there you go. So they had an opportunity. This is one thing though, that I, that, that troubled me, they had a chance to grab Aiden Hill off waivers and didn't do it. And I'm just like, come on now, you know, okay. Ken Hughes, I can let that one go, but Jeff Gorton, you know, better. You've been a general manager for a long time. Okay you should have been you should sorry you should have stepped up and grabbed him it's a short-term thing but at least it would have spelled off it would have yeah sent primo back down where he belonged because maltambo's still good. he's gonna be playing hurt he's still not 100 yeah. percent. so yeah you 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 can't you just can't jesus anyway, yeah. anyway. They had the opportunity
3: they had the opportunity to get Arendelle as well a lot of yeah. people a lot of people were kind of tweeting yeah. about it and everything like obviously the suspension and everything and yeah. maybe that wasn't the the right yeah, move that, at the time but
1: yeah, and that's who i meant by the way sorry sorry yeah arendelle yeah oops sorry takes us to the trade deadline <laughs> stuff okay
0: <laughs> all the trades that are gonna be coming up
1: for um, a second it was me Il- i'm seeing lips <laughs> move nobody's <laughs> saying anything
0: <laughs> if you you felt like my kids i was talking you didn't hear me
1: <laughs> no they but, hear you uh, they just hear wah wah wah, wah. <laughs>
0: yeah now i know what it's like to be the teacher on charlie brown yep <laughs> the sad thing is i understand him now
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh no but we'll get to the we'll move yeah. on to the trades and the trade deadline was there a, is there any rumbling whatsoever that the canadians would even make a deal for a goaltender at this point
1: we haven't heard anything. That doesn't mean that uh, they're not, they're not looking around. Um, obviously, whoever they bring in will be a stopgap gap uh, at, the, at this point. Um, they, they still, at the end of the day, can't afford to take on a lot of salary, uh, you know, but there, there's been no indication. doesn't mean that Gorton and, and Hughes aren't looking around, um, you know, give, again, given how Primo has been doing, I would say, yeah, you know, maybe they are looking, but they're just right now, there just might not be anything really, truly available to them um that's something i would keep an eye on right now of course when it comes to the habs all eyes are on sharia and uh petrie you know um we already talked about petrie as i said you know given given his contract you know 6.25 mil cap hit you know through you know for three more seasons uh 15 team no trade clause you know uh you know declining production and he's 34 You know, I, I don't doubt there are teams that would be interested in him who would think, yeah, you know, he probably played better, you know, if he came to a better club, but I think that's a move that happens in the off season. I'll be shocked if they're actually able to pull that off and move him out by the trade deadline. Tria is another matter, of course, uh, pending unrestricted free agent. A lot of teams are interested in him, uh, especially after his, his solid performance in last year's playoffs. You know, he's, he's a top four guy, left side, uh, shut down D man, Um, you know. I'm I'm still a little skeptical that they could get a first round pick for him. I keep hearing, well, they could get a first rounder. I would think a second rounder seems more realistic, but I mean, hey, if I put my Hebb's hat back on for a minute, I would be thrilled if they could get a first rounder for him. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's, yeah, he he's the more likely to be on the move uh, by by March 21st.
0: Well, in a seller's market, it would probably be a first. I mean, Savard got a first and a third last uh, last
1: year. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, though, too, it it depends on on, you know, yeah, which teams are desperate enough to do that or willing to do that. And, you know, how do teams view and also how do teams view uh, this year's uh, tr- or, uh, draft? I mean, you know, uh, some, you know, you see some people say, well, you know, okay, the top five picks look good. But then after that, the depth isn't all that good. Well, you know, some teams could see it differently. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, Hey, if he gets a first round pick, come on, you don't turn your nose up at a first round pick, regardless of the depth in the, of what the perceived depth in the draft is that year. So, you know, if you can get that, that's great. If you can get a good young player, that, that would be, you know, that would be good too, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what pans out. A lot of it also is going to depend on uh, what they're going to be looking at for cap space going forward next year, because even, even with Weber, you know, let's face it, he's done. We all know that. Um, even with Weber off the books for next season, they're still going to be sitting at around at around seventy five mil invested, um, because that's assuming Carey Price will be back to play next season. So they're not going to have a lot of wiggle room. It's going to depend on what they can, what flexibility they can get uh, in the off season.
0: Yeah, I do feel like there's going to be a lot of contracts trying to be moved out, and yeah, he's going to have to take bad contracts in return, mm. hopefully for less money or less term.
1: Yeah, if you yeah, and that's the only way that'll work is it's gonna to have to be for less money because again, you don't have a lot of wiggle room going forward. It's gonna depend on who you move out. Yeah,
3: well Suzuki's contract's gonna take over next season, and yeah. Evans Evans is gonna get his bump as well. Yeah, and then you've got pretty much your whole decor to to sign as well. So yeah.
1: Yeah, it's gonna shape up to be an interesting summer.
3: Before we before we continue, do you believe that uh possibly with St. Louis coming in, maybe some of these guys that we thought were going to move aren't, aren't going to move now, or maybe someone will move out that we didn't think was going to move out. I know it's only a small sample so far that we've seen St. Louis, but with that small sample, and we've seen a little bit of a rejuvenated team, they played with a little bit more effort. Um, if he can bring a little bit more energy back into this room and back into this lineup, do you think that maybe, some of the guys we thought were going to go might stick
1: around. That's, that's, that's possible. That, that is entirely possible. You can't, you can't rule it out. Again, I still think that they might look at trying to move out somebody like Hoffman. Um, but you know, there, there's been speculation as well of well, there's Western teams interested in Tyler Defoley, like the flames are interested. The Kings might be interested. Uh, oh, Josh Anderson teams would really like to bring him in. But I think those are guys if they, that, first of all, I think those are guys that want to stay and want to be part of the solution. You know, I've never gotten the vibe from Toffoli that he wants out, you know, the, he said he wanted to come and play in Montreal, you know Uh, from Josh Anderson has been nothing but just again, one of the few bright rays of sunshine as in terms of positivity, he's always got to up, you know, he's always positive. He's every shift he's out there and he's trying his guts out, you know, so that's a, that's a kid I think they, they need to keep and I think they will. Uh, despite those trade rumors. I mean, again, you can't rule anything out. I mean, if it turns around being, okay, look, we need cap flexibility. We got to rebuild. So we got to shed some contracts. And these are some of the easiest ones to move. We got to do it. You can't rule that out. I think if the financial side of it takes precedent, well, then those guys could go. Uh, But if not, I think they'll keep them and they'll try and ship out other guys. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been of the mind that um, Hughes is probably going to want to make this turnaround happen as quickly as possible. And that's why he's, in my opinion he's going to target uh, prospects is that something that you've been hearing of around the the league or
1: well i think it's it's a case of, again it comes down to uh, to cap space as well you know for for next season i mean how much cap room do you have i mean sure it would be great to move guys out and bring in guys that are already under uh, under term beyond this season who might be better in the room or better for your team but it's it's trying to find the room to fit them in and That's where you have to move out salary first before you can go that route. So if he does move guys like Trier or, or if he were to move somebody like Toffoli you'd have to figure he'd be looking at, at, you know, prospects or maybe really dirt cheap promise like young players on their entry level contracts, you know, who aren't getting a chance on a deeper roster, but would have an opportunity to see more playing time with the Habs. Maybe those sort of deals come in. Like a craft stop new york something like that yeah something like that though kraftsoff's gonna he's he's gonna get a a a bit of a pay bump regardless because he came off of his entry level i believe if memory serves so by you know he's gonna want at least or probably would want at least a one-year deal worth a little bit more than that but uh you know yeah somebody somebody of that vein yeah who's not getting the opportunity or or whatever and is chafing at the bit but you know they're on a deep club and there's just no room for them maybe those are the sort of players he could bring in
0: Matt you had a question
3: what are your thoughts on Rem Pitlick do you think that he's just going to be a guy that they're going to keep around because he's he's done pretty damn well since he's been on the team for the small sample size that we've seen him or do you think there's going to be a guy that maybe they'll flip kind of like what they did with Scandella
1: they they could sure they they could flip though that was Bergevin obviously who did that yeah. and it was different circumstances of course, yeah. um, I I don't think you can rule it out either way, um, it's going to just depend again on on what what Hughes and Gorton see for this team because they they're obviously thinking beyond this season you know beyond this season and probably beyond next season as well and where they see him fitting in. I mean, he's been a terrific addition for them. Um, Again, another one of those rare, you know, bright spots in an otherwise crappy season. Um, I would say he's definitely somebody worth keeping. Um, He he would be an affordable player to keep. You know, obviously he's not going to cost you a lot. Uh, But again, if you got, you know, somebody pitched you a, a quality prospect or a second round pick, do you stop and consider it? Maybe you do. Depends on what your needs are. Again, it, it's just that we're, you know, it, it, it's kind of difficult to figure it out because we really don't know what vision Gorton and, and, and Hughes had for this team. We all assume it's going to be a rebuild. I believe it's going to be a rebuild. I don't think it's going to be a total rip, rip everything down to the studs and start over, but it's going to be a rebuild. And um, you know, that's going to require patience and it's going to require moving out some players that are eating up a lot of salary right now. And you know, making do probably with younger, uh, inexperienced, but promising players uh, in the meantime.
0: One of the players that uh, that has some experience and some a decent cap hit, though, is Deforak, and there's been a lot of discussion about him now
1: yeah he 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 really looks unhappy uh he's one of those guys that just really does he ever look happy about. though <laughs> well can you blame him I mean he's he's you know he remember he had the coyotes experience before that so yeah. you know I think he was excited about coming to Montreal and just he, he walked into coyotes north if you will and um you know but again, th- that could be one of those players that maybe they they look at the sample size, see how well he does under San Louis and decides, you know, is he you know, should should we keep him? Does he want out? That's another thing. Maybe, maybe he would welcome a, a move somewhere else. I mean, you know, we, we can't say for sure. But uh, you know, I don't think that that, you know, the the rumors about Dvorak are, are without merit. I think I think that's more of team, I don't think that's that's a case of the Habs putting him his name out there i think that's a, a case of the, like with Devor or with foley rather i think that's a case of teams are kind of calling up and saying hey you know um you know how's devorak doing blah blah blah. you know uh what's your what are your plans for him going forward yeah uh, you know uh would you be interested in this and this for him? you know i think that that's i think it's just more fishing expeditions with him and and foley and anderson right now than than a real desire to yes we want to put these guys on the block and ship them out
0: do you think some of the retirement talk for Weber that's been going on lately is maybe in part the Canadians trying to convince Nashville to give them something to take the contract so they don't get stuck <laughs> with the cap recapture?
1: Well, Montreal, the cap recapture for him is small. It's it's finite. nothing to Montreal. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's I think when like, for, for the, was it the second last year? It's like 20,000 bucks or something. It's yeah. it's, it's minuscule. <laughs> and then it yeah, goes to Nashville and then $20,000 if you retire. Oh man, that would just be brutal for Nashville. But you know, there's already been talk on the down low that if that was to happen, that there would be an agreement made between the league and the Predators that yes, you're going to have to swallow some of that but not the full measure. Okay. Because the, the, the idea being, okay, but that contract was signed back before the, uh, the uh, lockout of 2012, 13 Uh, the rules have all changed since then. Um, Yes, it's, it's an enormous gigantic cap hit, but the rules have changed and that would, you know, significantly hurt, you know, the predators and it would, (laughs) Oh, <laughs> they yeah. would have oh that would cripple them so i think you would see them say okay you're on the hook for five mil okay i'm sure lou the...
0: lamorello and the devils would love that
1: <laughs> lou lamorello won't give a shit he's so past <laughs> all of that again pardon my language but you know he, he lou don't care <laughs> lou don't care
0: you'd probably make gary bettman shave in
1: front of him <laughs> <laughs> With razors that he found that fell off the back of a truck. Yeah. Wink, wink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Matt, you had another question, didn't you?
3: In uh, In terms of goaltending, mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit earlier. And kind of uh, both of these goalies that they have kind of just seem busted. Mm-hmm. If we don't see Allen, we don't see Price for the rest of the year they don't get a goalie at the deadline what do you what do you think this does to uh their prospect pipeline when in, in terms of goaltending and i know that montembo more than likely won't be back mm-hmm. but uh, they do have some coming up in the, in the in the in their in their pipeline right now but uh you know, going back to Primo, what do you think this is going to do to him? And then even if they even if he goes to the HL next year, like, do you think this is going to be a, a step maybe like, you know, starting starting over really for him in his development?
1: Yeah, well, it's 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 a significant setback. There, there's just no way of, of, you know, sugarcoating it. It's a, it's a, it's a setback. Um, I don't believe, obviously, I don't think they'll give up on him. I think it will be like, okay, look, we know we put you in a difficult situation. We know you were trying your best. It was difficult. Um, you know, go this summer, go, you know, maybe they'll recommend, you know, work with this guy, work with that guy, come back strong next season, you know, another season in, you know, in Laval, uh, we'll get some additional depth in here so that you won't, you won't face that sort of nightmare again. And, and, you know, we still believe in you. And I think that's going to be the key is can they convey to him that they still believe in him, that they still think he's got, you know, a future with the club and how do they go about basically, you know, fixing this for him? Because it's on the team. They're the ones who brought him up and threw him into a situation that he just wasn't ready for. And they had no backup plan in case he, he struggled and Montembeau got hurt. So, you know, I, I think that, I think it's it's on Gordon and Hughes to really, you know, if if you still think he's part of your future, to really do some damage control here with him and and try to to get him back on on track. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's you're going to have to go and look for another another goalie of the future at some point. Um, the Canadians have been very good at that. I mean, even through all the dark years since uh, since the you know the last Stanley Cup championship even through those dark years in the late 90s and the turn of this century and all of that they always could find goaltenders always you know be it theodore be it uh, be it price uh be it uh, through trades he bringing guys like like Cristobal Uwe and and uh and um oh god Jeff um, yeah Jeff Hackett yeah that was what I was thinking of but yeah Hackett for a couple of seasons boy he was he was dynamite from Montreal yeah. so they always could manage to find goalies either either through drafting or through trades. So, you know, I, I I think that there's, they they can still, there's still a possibility here. They can, they can improve that depth going forward. Um, Again, a lot of it's going to depend on price, how he's doing, where he is health wise, because remember he's going to be 34. Um, uh, And um, yeah, you know, he's, he's in his mid thirties. You know, he's, he's been struggling with this injury and his own personal issues that, that he needs to deal with. Um, can he come back and be the carry price of old and, and help this team for the next two, three, four years? It's, it's a lot, it's a big burden to put on his shoulders. Now he's proven in the past that he can rise to the challenge. He's been able to do it, but this is the biggest challenge he's ever faced and whether he can do it or not, that remains to be seen. Do I think they can trade him? If that question comes up? Absolutely not. Not without retaining half of that. And do you really want 5 million in dead cap space? Or, you know, and then just to turn around and watch him go off and shine again, regain his his glory, you know, I would rather take my chances with him going forward and let, let's see how, let's see how things look this time next year. If he's back and he's playing, let's see where we are then and see where he is at. And then we can start looking at, okay, maybe we'll move you out if you want to go. If we can find a deal that works all the way around, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, he didn't sound supremely
0: confident when uh during his press conference about returning to his top form either.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. If 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 he's not at his best, if he can't go, if he can't play, if he feels he can't play, what's he gonna do? I mean, yeah, he could retire, but we all know players nowadays carrying big contracts don't retire. You know, they go on LTIR, you know, or some mysterious thing comes up where they just Don't play. Um, What's (laughs) up? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You should see somebody for that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's still so much that's up in the air for the Habs right now. Um, You know, that it's going to be, I'll say this, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm really looking forward to the off season, not just because this has been a season from hell. And I got to be honest, guys, I checked out a long time ago. I mean I I watch the highlights cuz I now cuz I just can't bring myself to sit through a game cuz it's just so painful to watch. I get disgusted by the second period and I just stop. You know, I mean, I, I and that was something I've never done before, even during the, like I said, go back to the previous dark days before I was always invested. I always bought in, even, even if I knew in my heart of hearts, they weren't going to make it. It was just like, but you're saying there's a chance. So you know, I would always buy in cause they always seem to buy in, but this year is just, no, I've just, I've just checked out. And I'm, I know I'm not the only Habs fan who has. So, um, Yeah, it's, it's, I'm really looking forward to seeing what improvements are going to be coming or what steps they're going to take, because this summer is going to tell the tale of what direction this team's going in. Matt,
0: final, any final questions?
3: Lackanen, is he staying or going?
1: That's a very good question, Matt. Honestly, I don't mean that to be facetious. That's a very, (laughs) that's a very good question. Um, As we all know, he's an RFA who's a year away from uh, unrestricted free agency. Uh, Yeah, that that one's tough because,
2: you know, definitely
3: help a team. out.
1: He can help. uh, Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. But he can also
3: help the team that he's on.
1: And that's the question. Does he does he see his future with the Canadians? If he if he does, then yeah, I'm sure they'll do what they can to work something out to give him a long term deal. It won't be at an outrageous price, but to give him a long term extension and and make him part of their core going forward. But if he's non committal beyond next season, trade him because if he's non committal, then he's no good to you long term. He's just not trading because you're right. He'll he'll fetch value now and he'll fetch value in the off season. You know, it, and by value again, I'm not talking a first or a, a you know, a star. But he could get you a, a decent, perhaps a second round pick. He could get you a decent prospect. He could get you a decent, promising young player on an affordable contract.
0: So no, no Lafrania like they were talking
1: about on the, uh, the trash <laughs> sites. Oh yeah, Lafrania, sure, yeah, he'll he'll <laughs> fetch Lafrania and spoiler alert, Capo Caco too.
0: Both for Leckan and wow, that's wow. Yes,
1: Kako, Capo, Capo, (laughs) Kako. yes, both for yes, absolutely. Where the that's where
0: the the Rem Pitlick
3: that's where the Rem Pitlick thing comes in as well. That's the flip.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but you mean it's not Lance? Yeah. Good God, where have I been? What you mean it's not Rem Murray? What the hell? What the hell?
0: As long as they don't throw Rem Pitlick uh, Pitlick in together, you don't want to give up both. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> got to keep them guessing. <laughs> so Lyle, I know you're super busy and you got other things you need to get done today. And I appreciate you providing us a little bit of your time today. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show again. And as always, you're always welcome to come back.
1: Guys, it is always my pleasure. Whenever whenever you want to have me on, I will always try to schedule time. And, and I, again, I apologize. I, I would love oh, no, to no. sit here and give you guys a, you know, a little more time. But I, I really do have a couple of deadlines i got to meet today. Um, but uh, yeah anytime I mean listen if, if if you guys have time in there uh, given your busy your busy schedules um, maybe sometime like after after the trade deadline we can we can sit down take a little bit of time and kind of evaluate do a postmortem if you will on what sure. moves they did or didn't do Absolutely yeah and uh and I, i'll I listen i'm definitely up for an end of season thing i'm definitely up for you know off-season chatter as well again depends on your schedules but uh it, it, it's just it's great to be able to talk with uh well with knowledgeable halves fans like yourselves yeah yeah oh, yeah oh, the, oh i was confused the, there i thought, the, thought you're talking dig, to someone else the day giveaway is is uh is uh, the richard jersey behind you so there you go <laughs> that that makes <laughs> you knowledgeable yes <laughs>
0: Uncle Maurice. There you go. There you go. Uh, so again, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate that. And for our listeners again, thank you guys for listening and checking in and sending us requests and comments. And even, even some of you hate follows. So we have some leaf fans who hate follow us. We still like you guys too. You remind us of our past playoff victories like last year.
1: It was three games to one. It was three games to one. That's right. They're living in your head, rent free. It only costs three to one
0: <laughs> So uh, again, thank everybody for for listening, and remember if you're talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to habsunfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products.